0: Okay, gang, if you brought your Bible, take it and go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I'll read there in just a few minutes. Let me tell you my goal. My goal is to speak for 15 minutes. Now, I know half of you are saying no possible way he can do that. Uh, The other half are are already asleep. Um, So I'm going to do this 15 minutes, and I'm going to be done, I promise you. I want to talk to you about the power of community. I think a service that's dedicated to community and small groups, which, truthfully, they're one and the same, Uh, I think the timing couldn't be better because for the last month, we have been treated, and I know that's a strange use of that word when it comes to Hurricanes Harvey and Irma, but we have been treated to images of community. Um, I'm not the kind of person that cries over sad things. I never have been when I was a child or a teenager or a young man, even as an older man. I don't cry when things are sad. I'll tell you what makes me cry, when things are beautiful. I mean, it just blows me away. I've been watching television the last few uh, weeks, and uh, that Walmart commercial's coming on, and they're showing images like these from the storms, and they're playing, you know, Sometimes in our lives we all have need. And I'm going, (laughs) You know, and I'll pause it, and I'll mute it, the whole nine yards. Uh, People coming together to serve one another in times of dramatic devastation is a very powerful image to me. Now, if you've ever had the opportunity to be a part of something like that, uh, or even just to help out your neighbor, I know in my community, when you know the storm's coming, I kind of go around and check on a few people, and they check on me, and that's what that's what our little neighborhood out in the country kind of is. There's an older man who lives across the street. His name's Bill, and he's about 75. And, and when the limb comes down on his house, he can't fix it. So, so I try to help out, and others will jump in and pitch in. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, some of us have failed to recognize that over the past 10 years or so, we've begun to communicate like this and like this and far less face-to-face, and it's costing us some of our community. Uh, I can't tell you, I cannot overstate the importance of community in our lives. I mean, when you think about the images that we just saw, and then back out about 30 days ago, there were people in our nation, if you watch the news who were claiming we were on the verge of a race war and riots all around the nation. But there's nothing like a hurricane, Harvey or Irma. Now there's another one brewing out there. I think it's called Maria. Um, But we've all got to be prepared because there's nothing like a big, devastating disaster when people have to pull together to kind of put things like Charlottesville, Virginia and, and the war on Confederate monuments in our nation, kind of put that into perspective, uh, these images, and others like, are very touching. Community is a powerful concept that 's why we named this church a community church it 's not a Baptist church or a Methodist Church or a Presbyterian Church. It is a community church i 've enjoyed a strong sense of community for the last thirty years living in a little town of Metter. Now I moved here from a big city in Florida. Uh, and even now when I travel back and, and see one of my buddies and we go to the grocery store, I'm walking through the cash and carrier, of the Publix, and and I'm, and I'm looking around for people that I know. And he, he'll say, what are you doing? And I say, well, I, I'm used to running into people I know at home. And, and here I don't run into anybody I know. And he said, look, he said, Mike, if I'm not at church or I'm not at work, I never see anyone I know. See, that's strange to me because I've become so... Uh, happy, so content with knowing my bankers and, and knowing my car dealers and, and knowing my mechanics and knowing my mayor and, and county commissioners and school teachers and principals. And, and when I walk down the street and somebody sees me and I see them, and we pause and we speak out in front of Ace Hardware in Metter, or, or I run into some of you in Statesboro. I enjoy knowing people in that sense of, of community. Community means common ownership or social sharing community means common ownership. I share something with you. We own it in common. And that's why we both benefit from it. That's why this church is a community church. I mean, think about it. On one hand, people can be the source of your frustration. People can hurt you. They can lie to you. People can deceive you. People can steal from you. People can be hateful to you. But on the other hand, people can be the source of a common goal, a common sharing it's unlike anything you've ever known. I mean, uh, I've gotten in trouble for the last 20 years. Every time I buy a car, I want to show it to people. I don't know if you're like this. I, I want to drive it to a friend's house and say, look at my new car. Or, or I want to tell some. Wh- what do you do when you buy a new house? Well, as soon as you get things situated, what do you do? You invite people over, don't you? There's something about sharing in that sense of community Uh, that's a powerful thing. It's it's the ability to turn to somebody when I'm hurting and know in transparency, I can lay it out there and they're going to respond. They're not going to judge me. They're not going to try and correct me. They're not going to try and necessarily fix me, but they're ready and they're willing to help. Grace is a community church. And in fact, the very power that's found in community is the ability to encourage and strengthen one another. The saddest words of the The Psalms, in fact, all the Bible, if you ask me, came from David, the king. And he said this, no man cares for my soul. Can you imagine ever getting yourself in a situation where you honestly believe, listen, even though you're the king and even though everybody knows you and even though you can't walk down the street without somebody calling you by name, you still felt as if no one cared for your soul. That's where David was. Some people are shocked to know how often the New Testament instructs us to care for one another, to encourage one another. In fact, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of one another passages in your New Testament. Did you know that men like Paul and John and James, they instruct us in your New Testament to teach one another, to correct one another, to stimulate one another, to admonish one another, to build up one another, to pray for one another, to carry the burdens of one another, to confess to one another, to submit to one another, to help one another physically, to help one another materially. And of course, we are commanded in the New Testament to encourage one another. And listen, most of you who know your your New Testament church history know this because we talk about it periodically. All of those one another passages happened in an arena other than this one hour a week arena we call church. See, that's why small groups matter at this church and so many others like it. It's almost a shame, but it's a sign of our times that the church has to program community into the lives of its participants, into its, the lives of its congregants. The fact is, small group builds community, and community means encouragement. The biggest passage on community, at least in my mind, the most profoundly powerful passage in all the Bible, we've examined it before, are the words of a wise old king in his personal diary. It's the, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4. In verse 9, Solomon writes, two are better than one. Now, Culturally speaking, that's not a very politically correct statement because we are told day in and day out that one parent's every bit as good as two parents, even though we all know that's not the case. We are told that one is every bit as good as two, even though we know that two can do more than one, but nobody seems to want to admit it. Solomon simply says, look around you, be honest with yourself, let's all get on the same page, community is better than uh, solitude. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. Uh, The very moments after the winds began to subside on Monday, there were people in my neighborhood driving up and down that dirt road with with, uh, trucks and chainsaws. And I got out there with them. We cleared some some trees and we made sure that, that the power company could could get by. We we were three days in my neighborhood, almost three days without power following this storm, uh, and I had people checking on me. People driving in the driving down the driveway. Hey, do you need anything? Many of you were texting me. Hey, we've got air conditioning at our house. If you don't have power, we've got a warm shower for you, a place for you and Amy. We've got plenty. We got hot meals, that sort of thing. Um, it was absolutely profound and powerful because. When bad things happen, we ought to know that two are better than one because it has, is, returns a good, uh, it's a good return on our labor. Verse 10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity the one who falls who has no one to help him up. This is the picture of encouragement. Encouragement, the book, uh, the Greek word in your New Testament, literally means to come alongside someone as if they're in a ditch, as if they've lost their way, as if they've fallen into a hole or a pit. Encouragers come alongside. They leave their safe place and they get down in the dark with you and they help, they assist, they literally pour courage back into you. Verse 11 says, also if two lie down together, they'll keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Watch verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Do you realize that as encouragers, I can not only defend you physically, but I can defend your reputation as well. When someone speaks ill of you or someone something bad about you, I, you, we can speak up and defend the reputation of others. If Someone falls, they can get up. If they lie down, they can keep warm. If they're overpowered, two can defend themselves and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Look, Many years ago, when I was in college, my favorite form of recreation was to take the top and the doors off my Jeep, and I'd get with a buddy, and we'd buy a cooler full of Diet Cokes and a big box of Little Debbies, and we'd drive up to the top of Suck Creek Mountain outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. On top of this mountain, there was a 25,000-acre wildlife management area. It was loaded with goat trails and old logging roads, and we'd lock the four-wheel drive in, and we'd climb up the rocks, and we'd slide down through the water. And we'd spend the whole afternoon, just to, the beauty, the beauty of that place and the challenge of getting through some very difficult terrain in the Jeep. That is, that is until one day when we got stuck. We got stuck about 4.30 and we sat high center in a rutted road, an old logging trail. And if you know what high center means, that means my axles were stuck in the mud and my wheels were spinning freely in the water. Now this is in November and it's cold, and the water was chilly, and as you got down in the water, and you tried to dig out underneath the axles, or you tried to stuff rocks or wood underneath the tires, we started freezing, and one hour stuck became two hours stuck, and two became four, and I was a big strong college athlete, but I got to tell you, I was glad Lance was there with me, because I was a little scared. It started to get dark, I wasn't sure if we were ever going to make it off that mountain. I really didn't even know where we were. Finally, we did get out of there. But it's beautiful to have someone with you when you're lost because two are truly better than one. Listen to me, church, your neighbors, your co-workers, some of your family members, people in the neighborhood, people you uh, coach Little League with or soccer or football. Many of them are lost. Many of them are confused. Many of them are hurting. They commonly refer to themselves as, oh, this is a hectic life. We're busy. We're pressured. Things are tight. Things are tough. But deep down inside, they're scared. Deep down inside, they need someone to give them a good idea about their marriage. They need somebody to give them a helping hand, a leg up to come alongside them and encourage them. The scripture says over and over, in fact, there are more than 15 encouragement passages in your New Testament. I've chosen two. One comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. Paul wrote, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. You skip down to verse 14 of that same chapter and he writes, And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. The author of Hebrews chapter 3 says the same idea. Everyone should encourage one another daily as long as it's called the day so that none of you be hardened into uh, by sin's deceitfulness. Let me tell you what courage encouragement is. Encouragement through community is pouring courage into someone who needs it. The question I want to leave you with today is how then are we encouraged? How are we best encouraged? The answer is in community. I made a list this past week. How am I encouraged? Very few can encourage themselves. If you've ever been in a darkened place in your life, and I have a few, and you have a few, it's very difficult to come out by yourself. Most of us need community to be encouraged. We need someone to pour courage into us when we need it so desperately. I made a a list. Here's how I've been encouraged by many of you in recent years. I'm encouraged, number one, by what I sense, by what I sense. Knowing how supportive so many of you have been for many years in this place, I sense that encouragement and it lifts me up. Job had three friends who were lousy encouragers, but they did one thing right. If you know the story and read it closely, they sat with Job for days on end and never even opened their mouth. Job was encouraged merely by their presence, what he sensed from them. The second thing I wrote down is we are encouraged by what I hear. God help us, church. We need more positive people in our communities. There are so many negative, divisive elements among us. There are so many people and so many forces that seek to divide us, that seek to break us down, that seek to belittle what we've managed to accomplish. God, help us become more positive people because people are encouraged by what they hear. Proverbs 15, verse 30 says, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart and good news brings health to the bones. Based on that simple verse, I encourage you to smile at everybody you see on Sunday Smile because you have no idea where they've been the past week. Proverbs 12, verse 25 says, An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word can cheer him up. 20 plus years ago, when I was 30 years old and about to start this church, I had no idea how to start a church, I had no knowledge of how to start a church. I had no experience. I'd never been a part of a church plant. There was no big mother church out there that was kind of launching us. We had no money. I don't even know why I did it, looking back on it. But I'd go by and see Michael Guido, the sower in Metter. And he would say, let's pray, Father, he would say. Man, when he finished praying, he had poured courage in me based upon what I heard. I might have been anxious when I went in there, but I was encouraged by the time I left. Number three, we're encouraged by what we read. For years and years, my wife has written little notes and cards to people in this church. She's written some to me. Many of you have received them. I've received some of yours, and I'm so thankful for them. You know what I do with them? I read them, and I put them in a drawer because I know there's going to be a dark day out there. It may be a Thursday, maybe a Saturday, maybe a series of weeks in the spring where I'm, I'm sad. I'm down. And I'll pull those cards out. I'll read them again and again. And they you literally pour courage back into me. That's why people read their Bible regularly. The scripture, what you read, can encourage you. It's an awesome book. You ought to read it. That's why people do devotionals daily. That's why couples do devotionals. Because it encourages them in their marriage. And then the last thing I wrote down was, we're encouraged by what we feel. I can be encouraged by a handshake. Did you know that? A hug from my father means something different than a hug from my mother. You get that, right? When I hold my wife's hand, she's communicating a message to me. I'm encouraged by what I feel. I mean, so often touch is misused. So many are misguided. Somehow in popular American culture, especially in the church, we're scared to death of touch. I think we could touch each other more. I'd like to see more hugs, more handshakes, more smiles, more pats on the back. One thing I've loved about my doctor for 25 years, Dr. Gary Branch, he touches me. You go in and see him. He doesn't just sit there and stare into a computer, tell me this, tell me that, tell me the other, answer these seven questions. No, he puts his hands on me. He says, how's that feel? And he grabs me right here, and I don't really know what all that means. But I still feel encouraged simply by the experience. The fact is, Jesus touched people on many occasions. Matthew chapter 8 Verse 3, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, and he stood. Matthew chapter 8, verse 15, dealing with Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus touched her, and the fever left her. Now, he could have waved his hand. He could have did one of these numbers. He might have carried around some sort of magic wand, but no, he touched them. At the transfiguration in Matthew's gospel, chapter 17, the disciples were afraid by what they saw. And Jesus touched them, saying, do not be afraid. Look, the power of community is encouragement. How am I encouraged? In community. If you don't know community, you probably don't know encouragement. I'm going to ask all those of you that are going to man a table in the lobby. Why don't you go ahead and slip out now? And when I have a prayer, the rest of you, we're going to quit about five, six, eight minutes early. I told you I could do it uh, because I'm going to give you time to hang out in the lobby and talk with folks. Community is the vehicle to encouragement, and many of us need encouragement. Let's pray. Father, I know because I have talked to so many in this church, even many after the first service who are at a time or a season in their life right now, where a kind word, and encouraging note, would mean so much. Father, forgive us for living isolated lives. We tend to ourselves and our own. And we fail to recognize that there are those who are suffering all around us. And it takes a storm, a a flood. It takes devastation to bring us together. Father, bring our nation together. Bring our churches together. Bring our communities together, we pray. In the name of Christ, the great encourager, I pray. Amen. God bless you, Grace Community Church. Fantastic to see I'll see you next time.